0: what's going on everybody welcome to the biblical athlete podcast where our sport is our ministry thanks for tuning in to today's episode my name is tony anderson i am the founder of tba and will be a host for this podcast for today's episode i had the pleasure of interviewing gabby Cazellas. 22 years old from akron ohio gabby is a goalkeeper for the university of louisville women's soccer team from growing up in a christian household to finally accepted Christ for herself in college, Gabby has received the revelation of what it means to worship through her sport. With that perspective, she has been able to achieve much success as an impactful leader on and off the field. Here's my conversation with Gabby Cazellas. Sitting down with Gabby Cazellas today. I'm very excited about this interview. I'm really, really looking forward to hearing her story and you know, all the things that she has done in her life. How are you feeling today, Gabby?
1: I'm feeling really good. Um, I'm ex- excited to be on this podcast and just really looking forward to our conversation today.
0: Absolutely. Likewise. So uh, before we get into your story and everything, um, I asked an opening question to all the guests who come on. Um, in your words, what does it mean to be a biblical athlete?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's a great question. Um, I think being a biblical athlete means knowing the truths that are in the Bible and then trying to take those truths and apply them into your sport, um, mm-hmm. ultimately to glorify God and to use your sport as a form of worship to him. Um, I think that that would kind of be my definition of what, what a biblical athlete would be.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. couldn't agree more. So for those who don't know you, um, kind of give us, you know, overview of your, your life from, you know, start to where you are today, you know, real brief, and then we'll we'll pick that apart as we go.
1: Absolutely. Um, So I've been playing soccer for as long as I can remember. Uh, Growing up, I played soccer and basketball were my two main sports. Once I got to high school, unfortunately, my freshman year of high school, I was put at a crossroads and had to make a decision on which sport I wanted to pursue, which was a little earlier than I wish I had to. Um, But I ultimately chose the sport of soccer. So Leading up to then, I played basketball as well my whole life, and so that was kind of a big decision for me to make. Um, Once I got to my junior and senior year of high school, I got the wonderful opportunity to get called into some youth U.S. national team camps. Um, So I got to play for USA's U18 and U19 teams a little bit and travel the world a little. Um, And then my sophomore year of high school, I actually committed to the University of Louisville. Um, And in the fall of 2016, I started playing at Louisville. Um, I redshirted my first year, which is a huge part of kind of my story and my growth and development, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that was just like a big year where every kid going into college wants to play their first year. Um, So being told that I wasn't going to was kind of a a little shocker to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I got through that year and I'm now going into... Oh goodness! Because of COVID, my my sixth year this upcoming fall, mm. um, I've I've been at Louisville for a while now, but um, it has become my home, and um, I've gotten the wonderful opportunity to play play for them and start for them, and just really to fulfill my childhood dream of of playing collegiate soccer. So that's kind of like the broad
0: yeah <laughs>
1: broad view of my story.
0: Yeah, I I can relate um 100 uh, percent. Growing up. I was back and forth playing football and basketball, and um, I'm like I'm six nine now. So the years were going, I would get taller and taller and taller. And my dad is right. it down it was like, you got to pick one. You can't, you know, because it was hard for me to, you know, put down basketball and pick up football and go back to basketball, go back to football because I didn't, I didn't have really that much development time, you know, to work on my game in either sport. So. Right. I was, you know, like my first three months back into the sport, I was, I was I'd be a lot, I'd be a lot rusty and things like that. So, to speed up, you know, my my process of, you know, development and making a year-round thing, my dad, like, you got to pick one. So, um, I picked basketball. So, I think it was a good, uh, I think it was a good decision. So, um, right. You're from, uh, you're from Akron, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. That's man. That's small world. I'm from Columbus. Um, yeah, grew up in Columbus. I'm still in Columbus to this day. Um. Yeah, that's uh interesting. So um so going back to your childhood a little bit, so growing up, did you did you grow up in like a faith-based household or was that important to your family or was it something that you kind of found later on?
1: So yeah, I grew up, I grew up in a Christian home. Um so I actually grew up Greek Orthodox and then mm. I went to a Christian school, just a non-denominational Christian school from third grade until twelfth grade. Um, and I, I always say like this, that it was a blessing and a curse, um, mm-hmm. because I think when you grow up in the church and you grow up surrounded and in the word, um, you can, you can kind of become numb to it in the sense of always knowing the right answers. Um, and so I, I got to that point when I was in high school, I, I kind of fell into this trap of just saying the right answers, doing the right things. Um, and then I would go to soccer. And no one I went to school with, I played soccer with. No one I went to church with, I played soccer with. So I kind of fell into, I always said, you know, leaving God on the sideline. Like I did not take Him onto the field. Um, so that was something that, you know, was was harder for me. And and then once I got to college, it was like, okay, the people you go to church with, the people you play with, are all the same. Mm. Um, so you have to choose who you want to be. Mm. Um, you can't you can't just be. believer when you want to be you can't just say the right answers when you want to be these are the people that you're doing life with and you're you're going to you're going everywhere with Mm. um so it really wasn't until I got to college that I would say I made my faith 100% my own and that's Mm. when the beliefs and the things I was taught growing up really I'm so happy that I was taught those things because they were they were the foundation whether I knew it or not at the time that I needed those truths. And I took that for granted when I was in high school. And once I got to college, it was like, I had those truths as my foundation that I could go back to and pull from. Um, And thankfully, I I got heavily involved in Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And they kind of created a platform for me to start Bible studies and to get involved. And so I would say once I got to college, my faith really, really became my
0: own. Mm, That's, that's, man, I love that. So for, for me, um, I grew up in a church as well, um, dad ordained minister, all those things. I was always involved in church. And one thing that um, I realized, and I believe is very crucial for a lot of a lot of kids who grew up in church is to have, you know, to walk with the, the Lord for themselves, because it's easy to latch on to the family members, you know, on their faith or their salvation. say, well, you know, because my dad is a pastor, I'm good. Or because my mom is this, I'm good. And, and it's easy to fall into that trap because we're so, like you said, like, like, like we get numb to it because we're around 24-7. You know, we, you know, we say the right things. It's easy to say the right things. You know, the church, the Christian lingo that, you know, we can easily quote stuff left and right. But deep down, we, you know, we're probably not living it. So um, I have a similar testimony as well where I had to find the Lord for myself and not rely on my on my family's, uh, you know, on their faith and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's, um, that's interesting you said that. So I want to back up a little bit more. Uh, before we get into uh, college and everything. So um, what was it about soccer? Because I know you say it was basketball and soccer. You kind of back and forth between the two. Like, so what was it about soccer that led you down the path of ultimately th- uh, choosing soccer over basketball?
1: Yeah, um, I think I loved basketball. Oh, my goodness. That was, mm-hmm. that was the sport that me and my dad bonded over. Um, mm-hmm. That was a sport that I, I loved from the jump. And it's funny because one day I remember, I remember very vividly, I I was going to go to my, my high school club coach, um, for soccer. And I was going to say, you know, here's everything I'm going to miss for basketball this year. Mm -hmm. Like these are the games I'm going to miss. These are the practices I'm going to miss, like really going to try and make it work. Um, but this is everything I won't be here for. And I ended up having like a really, really good practice that day. Like, like so good that I went to my coach after training and I was like, um, I might need to re- rethink this decision. <laughs> and, um, later found out, obviously my, my mom was just praying for me and, and trying to, um, just protect me and make, help me make the right decision as such a young kid. Mm. Um, and I went in the next day and, and me and one of my best friends at the time, we both quit basketball together. Cause we were like, man, soccer's soccer is what we love to do. And it was at that training session that I was like, I, I think I could, I think this is the gift I was given
2: that mm-hmm. I can,
1: I can use for something greater. And, you know, looking back being like older now and looking back at that moment um, I'm very happy that I made that decision, but mm-hmm. there was just something about soccer. Um, I'm a goalkeeper. So there was just something about, Being able to be with my team and put my body on the line and um, just grow in that way—that I was like, okay, I think I think I can go further with this sport than basketball.
0: Mm. It's a little heartbreaking because you know I play basketball and everything, right? Like you know, I'm I'm a little biased, but like you said, I'm just playing. But yeah, you definitely made the right decision. Um, glad you did because you probably won't even have this conversation if you did something otherwise. Uh, Yeah. So, um, kind of walk us through the journey of you know, high school, like, you know, like, when, like, in terms of soccer, like the high school success to choosing Louisville. So, like, what was it about, you know, like, kind of like, like, was it like an overnight thing that you had when it comes to success? Were you constantly, gradually getting better? Were you always, you know, a dominant player? Like, kind of walking through the process of you, uh, you know, playing soccer in high school to ultimately choosing Louisville?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was definitely a gradual process. Um, I... You know, a lot of people you meet and you're like, oh, man, like they are just a, a gifted athlete.
2: Mm-hmm. Like they
1: are just athletic from the jump. They were born athletic. Um, I was not like that. I feel like my athleticism, athleticism kind of gradually as I got older and I got stronger and I started lifting and, and doing all of that. Um, I think that was something that my it, it came with time. Um, but my my career as a soccer player, I. I didn't, I played high school soccer for two years and ended up getting two pretty bad injuries at the end of those years. So separated my shoulder and then had a high ankle sprain the other year. And so I decided my last two years of high school to just stay with my club team and kind of go to work there. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've always been this big player. Um, I didn't start being a full-time goalkeeper until I was like 14 or 15 years old So, right around ninth grade at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I always use the phrase, like, I just put my head down and work. Like, right, right, you just mm-hmm. put your head down and you just grind and whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't until my junior year of high school that I got kind of put into the national team pool with with the US. And then it wasn't until my senior year, um, towards the end of my senior year that I started getting asked to go to camps in California and travel to Mexico. Um, so it wasn't until, two or three years into working and having that be one of my goals um, that I finally got there. And then with Louisville, um, you know, they saw me and when I was a freshman, so I was again, super young. Yeah. Super young. They're one of the first teams that recruited me. And um, my head coach, Karen Ferguson day, she really challenged me. She's like, I need you to get better in these areas. Um, And so I really went to work to kind of get better mentally, get better, Um, just how to handle my emotions in games. And um, then I committed there my sophomore year. And again, like I committed, but I don't think I was, if I would have gone that next year, I wouldn't have been ready. Mm. And even when I did get there my freshman year, like I still wasn't ready. I still needed a year. And it's cool because again, hindsight's 2020 looking back. um, The Lord prepared me in those two years of like, okay, Gabby, some humbling experiences of, maybe not getting invited to national team camps for not being good enough in certain areas or getting played over in other areas and challenged me like, what can you do to stand out even if you're not playing? Mm. And so I learned to be a really good teammate. And now I have handshakes with girls on my team that I made with them when I was a freshman, because that's how I figured out I wanted to be a great teammate, that it came down to more than just what am I giving them on the field? But how can I be a great teammate? So I think that as my time kind of developed over my high school career, and I got to Louisville, I think I was challenged a lot in the waiting, and challenged a lot in, okay, Gabby, I just need you to put your head down and work, and if you don't see results, that's fine. But I'm preparing you for a couple of years down the road.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Um, I have a question that I just thought about just now, and I want to ask it now. Yeah. Maybe it may get us a little too far ahead, but Oh well, we're here now.
2: That's all right. Um
0: you you mentioned something just now and it had me thinking about my own my own life, my own my own career and the you know things I've done and the mistakes I've made, all these different things. You mentioned the uh, the process of being um involved or being a good teammate, even if you're not necessarily out on the field or you know, in the limelight or whatever the case may be. I know for myself, um, well, anybody really, but um, when it comes to sports you know we kind of have this you know this entitlement of a it's all about me or passing the ball right. every single time especially in basketball like me like I've dealt with this thing over and over again like you know being humbled by you know thinking I'm this thinking I'm that and people should be doing this should be doing that you know to accommodate me but here you are saying something complete opposite like no it's not about you this is about okay. the team effort so um kind of walk through the journey of of, of that of that perspective a little bit because i believe it's very important for athletes to hear this because even though we are all of us are trying to reach the next level and be more successful and you know be that much closer to our ultimate goal i believe that's very important for us to understand that it's not just about us all the time you know and obviously like Absolutely. for those of us who are trying to be biblical athletes it's never going to be only about us you know like uh think about Christ when he said the greatest among you will be you know a servant you know it's not about us it's about the people who we are around so talk about that just a little bit
1: yeah and I, I think we all have been there like I I wouldn't I'd be lying to you if I said yeah I've been a great teammate my whole life mm. I haven't been um but I think what what shifted for me is I was miserable mm. like not playing I was miserable and be- it was because I i defined success and i defined my happiness in well you're a soccer player and you're not playing soccer
2: Mm -hmm. instead
1: of being like oh you're a christ follower that just so happens to play soccer exactly and so i think i think what what it was for me is i just i was miserable in that space and i was like something has to change or else i am i'm just going to be sulking in my misery and it's not helping my team at all. Like my teammates notice. And if people on the field are noticing somebody off the field or specifically goalkeepers, there's like three of us on the team. So mm-hmm. we're, we're like our own little mini group. If the starting goalkeeper is feeling my jealousy or my bitterness to not being on the field, she might be more worried about that than, than the game that she has to play. Therefore yeah. hurting our team success. So I think I just got to this point of like, At the end of the day, I am a Christian who gets to play soccer. I'm not a soccer player that happens to be a Christian. Like I was given a, I was given a gift to play the sport, to glorify God. So that's what I'm going to do. So if I'm not on the field, how am I glorifying God? I'm the first person to get people waters. I figure out, oh, this person likes Gatorade chews or, you know, having a bar at halftime and I'm going to have them in my pocket or Um, I'm going to make a handshake with every single person on the team. And so before the starters go out, I'm doing my handshake with them when they score, I'm doing my handshake with everybody on the sideline. So I think it, for me, that first year I had to take a step back and be like, if I were the one playing, Mm -hmm. what would I want to see from somebody that is cheering for me on the sideline or the other specifically the other goalkeepers that I'm working with. And so now that I'm on the flip side of that and that I am the one starting. It's cool to see the unity and the love that the goalkeepers and the team have for each other, because at the end of the day, it's how can the team be, like you said, it's how can the team be successful? Not necessarily me, but I also had to take a step back and redefine, like, where's my happiness coming from? Where's my joy Mm. coming from? Because if it's all in my performance, I'm going to be let down 100% of the time. So I had to flip that narrative a little bit.
0: Yeah. And man, you're you're definitely hitting on things that uh, is very, very prevalent in the sports culture, because the thing that I'm the thing that I'm that that I'm getting every time you're talking about it is identity. It's because you mentioned you mentioned like you being miserable if you weren't playing or miserable if you're not performing well. And it's the it's this thing of our sport defines us. It's this thing of our sport completes us. Our sport is everything. Um, I know in the basketball culture, you know, we have the term ball is life and all these different things yeah. and that it's all speaking to identity. So it's like the moment that I can't do these things, whether it may be injury or somebody's outplaying playing me or whatever the case may be, if I'm not able to play my sport, therefore I'm worthless. And a lot of times yeah. I think that's the the main issue with a lot of a lot of athletes is they believe if they're not doing this one thing, then they can offer anything and so like for for you to say like how can I glorify God even if I'm not out there for somebody they may look at that like how can I not glorify God if I'm not out there you know but obviously mm-hmm. biblically it's it's what you uh is is what you alluded to is how can I glorify God even if I'm not in the mix you know what I'm saying like a lot of times Absolutely. I think about like I think about uh John the Baptist like he was a guy who was very in tune with his purpose. Long story short, hey guys, this is not about me. My job is to point you to Jesus. It had nothing to do with me. Like people mm-hmm. trying to come up to John, are you this and like, no, I'm none of that. I'm I'm the one pointing to the way, and I believe when we have that perspective, it's easy to not see ourselves as you said as a soccer player who's a Christian, but it's a Christian who plays soccer. So I'm glad that you 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 touched on that a little bit, but I want I want to know. Why do you I mean, I think we can know a little bit, but why do you think that it's such a struggle for us athletes to to find our identity in in our sport when it's just something that we do? Because everybody should know this. You can't play your sport forever. Like it's, it's impossible. I don't see right. you being 70 years old, you know, diving after soccer balls for, you know, right. you know <laughs> things like that, you know. But in our right. mind, we feel like it'll never stop. This is what I am. This is what I do. So why
1: do you think that that's the case? And I think, man, it's such a good question because I think that's what every athlete struggles with. And it's like, okay, well, how do I not put my identity in my performance? Because to be quite honest with you, I did it last weekend or two weekends ago. You know, Mm -hmm. I made a terrible mistake in the game and we lost the game and it's like, my head is down. I'm not talking to anybody. And that was two weeks ago. And it took me a couple of days and took me a couple of days to come out of it. But I think it's because God works so opposite of the world.
2: Absolutely. And that's
1: so hard, right? Because it's so hard because we live in the world, mm. but yet we're serving God. And God is, they always use the term in, in my high school I grew up in, um, God, we're, we're called to serve in an upside down kingdom mm. because God is saying, or the world is telling us perform, 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 and you'll get these accolades and you'll be the top and you'll be the best. And people will know your name. And God is telling us, even if you don't perform well, like I'm still going to know your name and I'm still going to love you. And you're still going to be worth it to me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the struggle that we face as athletes and Christians in this world is okay. The world that we're living in is like pulling us in this way of like perform, perform, perform. And God is pulling us in this way of like, play freely, because my son's already performed for you.
2: Mm, and yeah. I
1: think that that's why it's so difficult for us is because, you know, especially in college, and I mean, any athlete knows whatever level you're at, if you play well, you perform well in training, you play in the game, for Sure. If you don't perform well in training you don't play in the game where you get, I know in basketball, it's a little easier to just get pulled for something. You make Mm -hmm. a mistake, you get pulled, Mm -hmm. you know, even in soccer, we have limited subs. So that makes it a little difficult, but if you make a mistake, it's like you get pulled off the field right away. Yeah. And so I think it's, it comes back to identity though. it's like, am I letting the success I'm having in my sport affect the value that I have in Christ? Because if I am, I need to know my identity a little bit better. But if I'm not, that means I have a foundation and my identity in Christ that can't be shaken.
2: Which mm-hmm. I think
1: is, I mean, way easier said than done. For sure. Um, but we just have these, the world and God pulling at us in two different directions. I think that's why it is so difficult to be a biblical athlete.
0: Yeah. Man, you're, ooh, man, you're <laughs> dropping some gems right now because, man, it's, um, first, I appreciate your honesty. Like the fact that say, you said, I I failed at this two weeks ago, but here I am right. again, you know, trying to, you know, get it right. Um, So I want to ask, um, because I know you mentioned earlier of, you know, you growing up in a Christian home and eventually yeah. having it for yourself. So I know you also mentioned like your rare shirt here. So was was kind of all that yeah. at the same time or was it a little bit different? You know, uh, kind of walk us through like the journey of you, you know, making this walk for yourself and accepting Christ for yourself. Uh, if that was a part of the the redshirt year just break the whole redshirt year down because I know you mentioned that oh yeah all, that year has a lot to do with who you are today your development your growth all those 100 yeah
1: I think the redshirt year you know people people now see the five years developed Gabby um, mm. not a lot of people saw the you know, in the wilderness, in the trenches, Gabby, mm, yeah. my first year here. Um, mm-hmm. So when I got here, you know, every, every freshman wants to come in and play, and, right? you know, be that freshman starter on their team. And that just wasn't, wasn't in the cards for me. And in the moment I was so mad about it. Oh my goodness. This is when I was a bad teammate, you know, first, <laughs> first month I was here, you right. know, I was a bad teammate. Cause I was like, I want to play.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I want to play. Um, but I think, I had to take a step back because I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, you know, Mm. I was from, from a physical, emotional, this is my first time being away from home. I've never lived away from my parents before. I've never gone to a public school before. So now I'm at a public university. Mm. Um, So I'm coming in and I'm just, I'm naive. I don't know things I'm, you know, being pulled in so many different directions. So the fact that I didn't have to step on the game field my freshman year, I think was a Blessing that I see now, because I got to focus on my development mentally, physically, in the soccer world. Um, and then also just, I didn't have many friends my first year here. A lot of people knew my name. I knew a lot of people's name. It was like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? But no one knew my story.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know that was that was pretty hard for me because not only did I not feel seen in the soccer world because I wasn't playing, I was just that red shirt kid that was just training every day. Um, but then I didn't really feel seen in the community either. Mm. Um, so again, came this decision of like, okay, Gabby, you could go multiple different routes here. You know, you could just fall off the deep end and party and do whatever you need to do, um, and just totally leave God behind, or you can really step into why God wants you here. Um, And so I chose the second one and I started going to FCA and I started finding people that were like-minded as I was. Um, because again, I think your identity is really molded and shaped by the people you surround yourself with. Um, and so that first year I had so much time to just like sit in my dorm room and to just process things. And I have Mm -hmm. journals from my freshman year that are just funny for me to read back now but like I was desperate to be seen mm. and and God was like you need to be seen by me we need to flip the narrative and change your perspective of, exactly. of what being seen looks like and for so long it was oh my parents faith or are like yeah I'm gonna say the right things in this area I'm gonna do the right things in this area and I think my heart and intention behind those things was in the right spot um, I just like you said grew numb to it a little bit and so through FCA and kind of like really developing a home church in Louisville and like surrounding myself with people that were like-minded, um, is when God really grabbed my heart and was like, um, I see you. Mm -hmm. I see you for who you are as my child. You are deeply loved. Um, in the story, I have it tattooed on my arm. It says El Roy means the God who sees me. And Mm -hmm. in the story of Sarah, Sarah and Hagar, like Hagar was, you know, just Abraham just had a child with Hagar and Sarah was so mad about it. Mm -hmm. So Sarah's
2: like,
1: Hagar's like, yeah, get out of my face. I don't want to see you. Mm
2: -hmm. So Hagar's
1: sitting and she's like, oh my gosh, like I feel guilty. I feel shame. And then an angel of the Lord comes and is like, no, like go back. Like I see you. And it's like in that moment when you're in the deepest part of the wilderness and like God looks at you and he's like, hey, I see you. Uh Like go play freely, go get to know your teammates more, go start a Bible study, like go do these things, not to get recognition from other people, but because I called you into that and I'm giving you this platform, like go be free, be seen. So it was, if I didn't have that freshman year of being redshirted and not playing, I wouldn't have learned how to be a great teammate. I wouldn't have understood what it looks like to have joy in soccer um outside of letting soccer have the control of that um but it was really in that first year that god was like it's me and you and that's Mm -hmm. all that that's all that you need um so yeah it was a really really big developmental year for me
0: and um really really good for my growth man i i could hear that i could hear that over and over (laughs) again I, i love i love hearing that because i see myself in that and i i see so many people who i know who many athletes i know who have similar situations where God has literally sat us down and right. it's, it's the process of, of, what I like to call Abraham, and Isaac, of, you know, offering this gift to him and then he gives it back to us. And, um, but now the, 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 the struggle is, okay, this thing that I offered to you, God, it once was a mm-hmm. God to me, once was an idol to me. Now you give it back to me and now, okay, I know I can't see it the same way as I once did, but I have to see it a certain way now. So for you, was it like, how did you see the game of soccer once you had that surrender moment to God?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I think. Yeah, I, I honestly I can pinpoint it. I, I'm like trying to think I, I can pinpoint it, you know. To a moment that I played freely for the first time Mm. and I'll never forget, like, even when I made a mistake, I was like, wow, I get to play soccer today. That's Mm. awesome. Yeah. And I think it, it, you know, and that took time, you know, that wasn't even that first year. I think that first year I touched the surface and I maybe surrendered a little bit of it um, Mm -hmm. to God, but I Mm -hmm. wouldn't say, so that was in 2016. um, I played for a team in Charlotte, called the charlotte eagles in 2018 so this is two years later um after my red shirt year after my first year actually playing i played for this team in charlotte that's a faith-based team and it wasn't until that moment that i was like wow like i was only surrendering partial little bits of my soccer hmm. um to god and and i actually committed all of it to him and I experienced freedom in playing for the first time, which was just a beautiful thing because I love the game of soccer. And I think sometimes we, we love our sports so much. We let it have control over us. And I loved the sport so much that I was like, God, I'm giving it all to you. And when you play in that mindset, it's like, no matter what the mistake you make, like you are deeply loved and you're just deeply cared for. And I think, you know, that's something that has to happen daily though. It's not just like a one-time thing. Like I said, two weeks ago, that was like, mm-hmm. you know, I was not in a good headspace.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think
1: it's daily surrender, but I can really pinpoint it to a summer where, you know, I would make a mistake and my center back would look at me and be like, you're good. Like, I don't care. Like, I love you. And, mm-hmm. and that's all, you know, I love you. God loves you. Let's keep it rolling. And mm-hmm. I was just like, well, that's kind of cool, you know. Like I get yeah. to play freely, make mistakes, and not worry about my identity being being kind of rattled. So I would say, you know, it took time, um, and it, I still struggle with it. But I think you said it at the beginning. Like the quicker you can notice, all right, why is my heart like this, or why is my headspace like this? Surrendering that right then and there, and allowing God to take control. I think the quicker we can make those little turnarounds, um, the more growth you're going to see and being able to surrender your sport, which is, which can be hard.
0: For sure. I, man, you, you hit, like I said, you keep hitting on stuff all day, man. I I, I love this. Oh, so, um, I know for me, the the turning point for me, I can look, looking, it wasn't a pinpoint moment for me, but looking back, I can, like you said, hindsight, 20, 20, I can see it now. Right. Once, once my, once my walk with Christ began to become um, identical to my my uh my game my career so i kind Mm -hmm. of paint a picture so like you said when it comes to our faith in christ you know we have you know like he gives us the freedom to make mistakes not not just be sinful things like that i'm not saying that but you know just make mistakes you know you know go through life knowing that even if i mess up you know he still loves me even if i mess up he still desires me like you said the guy who sees me he still He still desires me. But a lot of times when it comes to our our sport, if you make a mistake, we look up to our coach at the sideline. Like, man, he's gonna took me out. Mm -hmm. And and I know, and and I know in my space as a professional, this is like it's like business now. So there's money on the line, all these different things. So the pressure is even that more. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if I make a mistake, I can get sent home, you know, like things like that. So, So it's so it's it's tough when When you have to like kind of wrestle with, I know me messing up and me making mistakes doesn't really matter, but it does at the same time. But I believe, like you said, like once we can say at the end of the day, like if God can, can see me and God can love me, regardless of my flaws, regardless of my mistakes, why can't I give myself that same grace? You know, mm-hmm. and I believe honestly, I, we, we're harder on ourselves than God is a lot of times. You know, it's like we beat our Absolutely. own stuff up a lot of. T- I know for me, I'm a, I'm working on it, but I'm I'm a huge perfectionist. Mm-hmm. You know, I need things. Oh, me every, too. Every me di- too. I need every i dotted, every t crossed, every single time. If it's not right, do it over. And a lot of times, it's, it's very humbling, like God saying, your progress is more important than your perfection, and going back to the sport aspect is like, once we can be, like you said, in this space of freedom, knowing that I can go out here and just have fun. Cause honestly, I know for me, the more fun I play, the better I play. Um, and yeah, it's like absolutely. the more like the easier, like we can say, I know God is out here with me. He sees me. I don't have to worry about making mistakes because a lot of times we, we think too much and we, that's how we easily make mistakes like that. But if we can just be free in our sport. I believe that can be so liberating for a lot of people. Um, so I want to ask this because I know I know you you mentioned it um, when you did the halftime thoughts video recently. Uh, you you um you uh you touched on uh, you said it you even said it earlier today uh, about uh, the um, the concept of worshiping uh, worshiping through your play. And I haven't really heard that a lot. like I've heard it like in small circles, but I haven't like really heard it like largely across the board of a lot of christian athletes mm-hmm. that i know um and I, I 100% agree with it i i try to do it in my own in my own game in my own individual workouts and in the game scene like that so so kind of walk through the process of how you got to the revelation of seeing your sport as an act of worship and just practically how do you do that i know everybody's sport is different so there's different ways you can go about it i know for me um every time i score i point to the sky. Uh, I like to, you know, pray, you know, before the game, like in between, you know, when you know, things like that, like free throw line, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. practically, how do you go about doing that? Two-part question.
1: Yeah, um, I think this whole idea of worshiping in your sport is actually pretty cool because mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, um, I used to, you know, you're like running to church and you're like in your game uniform and then you got to leave church early mm-hmm. because you know, you game got it. And early, I just remember yeah. being right. Game starts mm-hmm. early. So I got to, mm-hmm. you know, miss mm-hmm. the last 20 minutes of church. Sorry. Mm-hmm. um, And, you know, I just remember as a kid being like mortified, like, Oh my gosh, how am I leaving church or not going church or skipping church? And um, I think it goes back to, you know, this idea of, you know, sometimes, you know, people think that you have to check all these boxes and going to church is one of those boxes you have to check.
0: Right.
1: And I think, I think I came to this realization once I got to college is like, well, I'm never going to go to church on Sundays because we play on Sundays and mm-hmm. that's just like, I'm not going to be able to go. And so it was like, well, how can I still worship God if I'm not going to church on mm-hmm. a Sunday? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you worship God throughout the rest of the week. Like what makes it different on a Sunday? Right. And um, one of my, one of my favorite quotes is God gives us talents as gifts And what we do with those talents is our gift back to God. Mm -hmm. And so I think we were all given as athletes, we were all given this gift um, and these talents to play a sport. And so to think about on Sundays and whatever day you have a game, that that is like a talent that God gave you. And so if you're going to go out there and not give it your all or not work hard for it. It's like that talent that God is giving you, like as a gift, like he gave that to you. It's like, you're just chucking it out the window
2: right? right. instead
1: of like going out there. And like, I think you said, like touching the line, trying to be the first in every rep, like giving a hundred percent, um, playing to the best of my ability that day is an act of worship to God. Um, and I think, I started this thing on my team, we call it pre-game prayer. It's kind of like your halftime thoughts, honestly. It's like mm. no longer than five minutes. Um, whoever on my team wants to come, someone will just share a little verse that they like and then we pray together. And I think that we do that before every game. So like that is a specific way that I feel like we prepare our hearts for worship on mm. the field. Um, I always pray during the national anthem. It's like I close my eyes and I'm just praying. That is a moment for me um, to kind of set my mind. It's quiet, you know. I'm respecting my country, but I'm also like preparing my mind for battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also I do my cross points to the sky before I start every game too. <laughs> right, um, right. So I think I think just again, it's all about shifting your perspective. I think you can look at your sport and be like, oh man you know, I'm not, I'm missing church because of this, or you can look and be like, Ooh, like, just like I stand up and sing worship music in church, like, and pray throughout my day, I can stand up and play my sport and pray throughout it as well. Um, just as an act of worship. So absolutely, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, just a different mindset to kind of have. And, um, again, I have developed and heard so many different people, like you said, talk about it in little pockets, like here and there and then to really understand and dive into that concept again you play freely you're not thinking you just kind of play out of authentic love for the lord and love for the game
0: for sure and i think that athletes will never really get to this perspective until they see that their game doesn't define them because it's another because it's another level into that because in order for you to see your game as active worship you have to first see your game as you know less than who you are you know so i believe right. it, it's a process that we all have to go through to, in order to get to that point so with you being at louisville you being part of fca and things of this uh things of that nature and you know uh leading you know the the, the prayer before the games and all these everything that you do very open um how has it been being an outspoken christian um, especially at a huge university such as louisville uh, being a part of a you know a good soccer program all these di- at a at a public university all these different things how has it been because I know earlier you mentioned that you kind of had this thing um, I think you said in high school where you kind of live this double life of you know, people at church I'm this way but once I leave that I'm this way with the people I play soccer with so was that kind of the thing you had to go through or the people you know kind of see who you were out the gate
1: yeah. Um, that's a great question. I think, you know, my, my story or my testimony in high school, like I I did get really good at, um, I kind of went through a couple of years of just being numb and like, not. I, I, I think the biggest difference for me was in high school, I cussed like a sailor on the field. Like you, I had the worst mouth.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I
1: would snap at refs, which I sometimes still do, but you know, <laughs> there is grace. Right. Right. Um, right. But I, yeah, I just had like a really, really bad mouth on the field, which obviously if I go to church, like I'm not going to speak the way I was on the soccer field while I'm at church. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think once I got to Louisville, it was like, okay, Gabby, if you're going to, you know, say that you're a Christian woman and you're going to live your life this way, like you're going to have to change some things. Not because of, I wanted people to see me in a certain way, but because the Lord calls us to holiness. The Lord calls us to be righteous. Absolutely. Um, And so like, for example, you know, I just stopped cussing and Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know how I just, I just stopped because I knew if I had this, um, if people knew I was going to FCA and I wanted to start these things, like my life needed to reflect a change that I had in my heart. Um, And I think again this is something that has developed over a year so when I first got to Louisville I, I just went to FCA that's what I did I went to FCA I'd invite some teammates and um, but that that was about it and then my second year it was like okay I kind of want to start this pre-game prayer but I have no idea what it's gonna look like um, and it started with three or four girls and we would just do this little prayer before a game and Again, still going to FCA, and now I'm starting to get involved in Bible studies. And okay, like, what does this look like? And I'm starting to get to know my teammates more and building those relationships. And I think that that's huge. Um, Mm -hmm. Is you have to build a relationship first before like Jesus.
0: (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Like, here's what the Bible says. Here's
1: who Jesus is. Um,
0: Repent, all this because (laughs) a lot of
1: times, yeah, like what people's like hitting people on the head with bible knowledge Um, you have to build a relationship first absolutely Mm -hmm. and so I took I took the first I took the first two years to really do that um to build relationships with people and to just grow as friends and to Mm -hmm. just get to know them and them get to know me and how we grew up and naturally as someone gets to know someone more you you start to pour bits of your heart that are deeper and deeper and deeper. And then they start seeing that okay, this Jesus guy is kind of everywhere in this girl's life. Mm-hmm. And so then um I was able to, you know, start a Bible study on my team. So this is year three. I like start a Bible study on my team, a couple girls on my team, a couple girls from a couple other teams, um, and pregame prayer still going. And now I have a uh Bible study of 14 girls on my team and it's like okay like
2: wow
1: this is kind of crazy um and yet still I can have conversations and it, it it never hinders like the girls who aren't in my Bible study like you would never know like oh they're not in her Bible study like there's no treatment they don't feel left out you know I don't want to force anything onto them um and I think that just comes with you build relationships with people so that when you are outspoken about your faith, it's like, okay, her life shows that. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to respect the faith that she has. Um, And I have had so many cool conversations with girls on my team who aren't believers Mm -hmm. um, because they're like, why do you do things like that? Or how do you deal with things? And I'm like, I pray, like the only answer is I pray about it Mm -hmm. and I can't lie to them and tell them I, I don't do that. So I think, being an outspoken Christian and being at Louisville, um, it's been really cool. FCA here is unbelievable. There's, you know, 200 athletes that go to FCA and that's like a big percentage of the athletic population. Um, And what I love about it here is just the openness to get to know people's stories. And I think that's what sometimes our issue is, is we're so quick to not learn about people's lives. And it's like people's lives are, the reason that they are who they are Mm -hmm. and if I can like sprinkle Jesus into a conversation I have with someone that's amazing if not that's okay because my life is going to reflect the things that I believe am I perfect at it absolutely not um but I think that's where you know relationships grow and being outspoken Christian it's like I have the respect of the people around me um They want to see me be successful. They want to see me be happy. And they know that that's a huge reason why. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it's been, it's been a really cool kind of development throughout my years to be able to lead a Bible study with a bunch of girls on my team. But it took developing those relationships throughout the years in order to do that.
0: For sure. Man, I love that. Um, So I want to ask this because um, especially in college, like I, I dealt with it, um, in college, I deal with it, you know, when I go go play and think, different things like that. Do you feel, um, with being an outspoken Christian, with being a Christian athlete and all these different things, do you feel a pressure that comes with that to uphold? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we don't obviously we don't put it on our, I mean, we kind of do in a sense, but it's like if we're being out on these front lines, proclaiming the name of Christ, doing this, doing that, because obviously people are already gonna be skeptical. Uh, you know, watching every single move, right. seeing if this faith thing is for real. Do you feel a pressure that comes right. with that to say, I have to keep this thing going? Because if I don't, for one, for whatever reason, people, they look at people's mistakes as God It's like, because you did this. I don't believe in God. That's another story for another right. day. But <laughs> people <Right>. like <laughs> that's another story for another day. Like people like they like they look at you and say, you have to do this the right way in order for me to believe in Christ. So, like, with that, do you feel a pressure to, you know, keep things in check to to be biblically sound 100% of the time, never acting in the flesh? All the things that, you know, we kind of have to just deal with as as, as believers.
1: Um, Yeah, I would say, I think you kind of mentioned it. Like, I think I put a little bit of that pressure on myself. um, Yeah. Because... I'm a perfectionist, just like you, like, I want to be perfect, but is my mouth always going to be clean? No. Am Mm -hmm. I always going to make the right decision? No. Am I going to lash out at a teammate, yell at a ref um, because I'm passionate and love my sport? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do those things at times. Um, But I, again, I think it it does come back to like um, just relationships and allowing. So if somebody who I've never met before is like, Coming at me after a game because they're like, you know, you said you're a believer and you said this in the game, but they have no idea who I am. It's like, I can't, I can't let that affect me because Mm -hmm. it's like, you don't know anything about my life. Whereas I have somebody in my life who is an accountability partner, is a mentor of mine who's been walking alongside of me in life, look at me and say, Hey, Gabby, like, let's let's analyze like why you reacted like that why you responded like that and it's not from a place of like judgment it's from you know we just we want to help you grow and right. i think it comes back to like relationships and i think it comes back to identity um because the people around you who do love you and have walked along like alongside life with you they know you're not going to be perfect like mm-hmm. no one else expects perfect besides us
2: For at sure. times like yeah.
1: You know, I think athletes, it's like, everyone wants me to be perfect. It's like, no, No, you want yourself to be perfect. Right. And so I think it's coming with a little bit of discernment of, you know, if somebody calls you out for it and they're kind of like, I don't want to say a nobody, but like they aren't in your life. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. But if someone who's walking alongside of you, um, who is a mentor, who has a strong relationship in the Lord's like, Hey, let's dig deep into why we did that. I think that that comes from a place of love, not of judgment to be perfect. Mm. I don't know if that really answers the question, but it's just kind of my my thoughts on on kind
0: of. Oh that no, that that definitely, um, absolutely. I like I know for myself, um, I let a lot of people live in my uh live in my head a lot who really don't have right. value. It's like when I make decisions, I'm thinking about what they may think about it, but it's like you like you don't, you're not in my circle. You really don't have authority to even have that space in my head. And a lot, and like you said, a lot of times we put the pressure on ourselves to, you know, appease these people who don't really care. And they have an agenda as well. It's like, you know, you like you experienced some type of, you know, church hurt or whatever the case may be. And now you're lashing out at me as an outspoken Christian saying, you know, you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be that you're supposed to, you know, be literally Jesus is like, none of us are perfect. So it's like, it's kind of unfair for us to, you know, give any of that, you know, you know, any type of attention, because I know for me, like just being in college and places I've been, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And it's like the moment that I slipped up, people would put my faith on my face, you know? So like I know mm-hmm. like when I, like when I was in college, it got to the point where every single day on my team, somebody came up to me was like hey Tony what's the uh what's the bible verse of the day every day so it's like okay I have to keep this thing I have to know a verse on mm-hmm. top of my head every single day in order to keep this thing going And the moment that I slip up oh you ain't really you know what I'm saying it's like that's yeah. like that's unfair you know to me to let that get to me you know another another case happened when I when I showed up late to uh, ice bath that we had on campus one like um like our grad assistant he had everybody have like times like you had to be at the ice bath at 11 30 or whoever whatever, like whatever like whatever the time was for mm. each individual person and i got there probably like two three minutes late or whatever it was on it was way outside of campus and i got there and my grad assistant was like tony why are you late jesus was never late and i'm like i can't mm. i can't make any I can't have any human mistakes, not even sinful. I can't, you know, I can't have any mistake of just doing of just being a human without my faith being thrown up in my face. But I like how you said like the people who matter, they know you. You know, the people who are in your life, like they they're the ones that you allow into that space. You allow those people to speak in, you know, speak life into you. You allow those people to comfort you in times and you don't let these people, like you said, the nobodies who don't add value to your life to you know live in that space in your head so that was honestly that was if it wasn't for nobody else for me so i appreciate you even giving that that wisdom um yeah so man this this episode has been great so far i've I, I really enjoyed this i want to ask i want to ask uh, one last question before you go uh, before i let you go um i know you mentioned uh you know playing soccer and you know your experiences playing on different teams and uh you know you know, I think you said Olympic team and all these different things. You you've been a part of. Like, do you have uh like do you have a desire to to, to uh, play professionally, continue to keep playing? Like, do you have a desire to do those things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do have a very large desire to play professionally. Um, mm. you know, the NWSL, the professional um, women's soccer league in the states, you know, is is a really tight knit and there's not a lot of teams. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know, it's always been a desire of mine. You know, once I I made a goal to play collegiate soccer and now I'm playing collegiate soccer and I'm like, oh, like I want to, I want to go play professionally. And um yeah, it is a goal of mine and and I'm excited to continue to work towards that. Um Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to to you know see what the future holds and and where the Lord's gonna pull me. If it happens, awesome. If it doesn't, awesome. You know, I think it it's gonna be cool to kind of see my journey continue to develop. But absolutely, I, I do have a
0: desire to play pro after. For sure. I'm man, I'm definitely definitely pulling for you. But uh, like you said, like and and for me, I know you kind of said this well, but like that's the beauty of finding our identity in Christ It's like no matter what we do, you know, we're still his. You know, right. no matter like no matter who, like no matter what decision we make, whatever career path we go on, whatever the case may be. We're still his. He still loves it. He still, you know, causes it uh, to himself. So, um, yeah, you'll be like you'll be good no matter what you do. But I, I do, you know, hope you continue to keep playing and reach the level that you, you know, desire to reach and the highest, highest, you know, highest uh, love you can achieve. So definitely gonna be pulling Thank for you, you. Um, man. I, I appreciate you really send, uh, taking time and sitting down with me a little bit. I really, really enjoy hearing your story. Really, really, uh, really enjoyed. Um, you know just the wisdom you have you know imparted to me and the, those who be listening so um yeah i'm man this has been really good i'm, I'm, like, yes. I'm I, I don't want to stop the conversation because i'm like man i this is like this this has been great I, man this is i, I love this. I, I just love this uh man i, I love yeah. stuff no like thank you
1: yeah thank you for having me i think this is a w- awesome platform like i think it's not only cool to find a community where you're at, but to expand a community of like Christian athletes who struggle with identity and struggle with body image and struggle with, you know, glorifying God in my sport and all of these different topics, I think that are specific to Christian athletes. I think your platform is unbelievable. So I just thank you for letting me be a part of it. Um, And I hope we can, just continue to get to know each other um, over the years. And I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for whatever you have in store next for this. Um, and, And I'm just glad we got to connect a little bit through it.
0: For sure. Well, that wraps it up for another episode. I pray that you were blessed by today's conversation. Make sure that you rate and subscribe to this podcast in order to be notified from the episodes. If this podcast bless you in any way, pass along to anyone you believe will be encouraged by it. To stay in the loop on all things TBA, visit TheBiblicalAthlete.com or on Instagram at TheBiblicalAthlete as well. Thanks again for tuning into today's episode. God bless.